don't do it alone. The uh, there are so many people that are out there that have gone through it before. And I, I mean, I guess from a co coaching standpoint, like let your family and friends be your family and friends. You're listening to the Single Mom Cast. I'm Mel Hyatt. And I'm Pam Keneally. Pam, we have a really exciting guest yes, today. Yes, we do. And we love her. Yes, we do. And it's a very interesting topic that will certainly draw some attention today. Yes, we have Stephanie Marie Laswell here. Stephanie, welcome. Hello, everyone. Stephanie is a divorce coach. Yes. So mm -hmm. we I don't know if you have like play, a playbook or what, but we're really <laughs> excited to get into this with you and just have a real honest conversation um, and just navigate that season of women going through a divorce. So mm -hmm. thank you for being yes, here. Absolutely. Thank you. thank you for inviting me. Mel and I were talking before you got here how we wished when we went through that, that we would have had the wisdom from a divorce coach that mm. you're going to share today. So we're, I didn't even know that was a thing I know. until we met you. So it's a new profession coming okay. up. Yeah. Look I at you. You're a trailblazer. Oh, yes, you, you are. You Stephanie, are definitely. Before we jump into all of this, what would you like our listeners to know about you? Mm, well, I wear a lot of labels. Okay. I am a divorcee twice. Okay. I got two baby daddies. So I know what it is like. <laughs> um, five kids and one with autism. So I got a lot. Yes, you do have a lot. And, yeah. you know, um, I know the ages range. And, of course, this will change with as the years go by with this podcast. But they range, you know, 15 years from the youngest to the oldest. So you have a gamut of understanding child rearing mm -hmm. and uh and the challenges and joys that go with that so absolutely so our moms are all ears they want to hear help <laughs> yeah. help, help. <laughs> and somehow you have the energy to do that yes. stephanie so we are all ears yes listening. absolutely you know what i as we're thinking about this i did a little bit of research this morning stephanie and according to the american psychological association approximately 40 to 50 percent of first marriages today end in divorce, and you may be sharing that, but that is, you said there's more to come, but that's that's quite a large number and mm -hmm. becoming more and more common all the time. And so uh, with that being said, there are a lot of women out there that are, are interested in hearing about what you have to say and how to handle this. So we're looking forward to, yeah. to what you have to say. So anyway, um, okay, well, let me just go ahead and start with the first thing I wanted to ask you. And um, why did you, because you have enough on your plate, you know you have five <laughs> kids and you work some, you know, you work and why? The question is, why did you decide to become a divorce coach? Well, I feel like with my first divorce, I didn't know what to do. Like most people just go out and hire a lawyer because that's what you're supposed to do, Right. Well, there's a lot of other people and other professionals that you need to talk to to seek advice from, that you need them on your team helping you navigate all of that. A lawyer is great. I'm not against lawyers. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but a lawyer doesn't know all the ins and outs of what it looks like to split assets. And so if you're just trusting a lawyer, one, if you go and get a shark lawyer, then 
you know, they might just be lining their pocketbook and keeping the the drama and the <laughs> emotions high mm-hmm. and just keeping the process going. Mm-hmm. Um, so you need other professionals that can speak into what your situation is. That way you can make logical decisions because you are making big life changing decisions in the middle of an emotional storm. Um, that is even more complicated when you have kids. Absolutely. Right. So you're trying to keep your kids and Mm -hmm. focus on them. And Mm -hmm. I think too, Pam, I didn't have any friends that had went through a divorce when I Mm -hmm. did. Um, and I, I had some family members, but I definitely did not want their advice. (laughs) And I think family's too close. Mm -hmm. So you, you would have been really benefit. Stephanie, where were you? In 2008, girl, I needed you. (laughs) (laughs) I quite hadn't made it there yet. Okay, that's probably good. I mean, what exactly, can you go a little deeper on what is a divorce coach? I know you're saying, this is why I started it, Mm -hmm. but like, tell us some practical things that you do. Yeah. So I'm kind of what I like to call a thinking partner. Okay. You're losing your thinking partner. You don't have anybody to, like, bounce those ideas off of, like, what are we going to do in this situation? Like, what's plan A? What's plan B? You know, pros and cons list. Like, you're all sitting there by yourself, and you might be feeling shame and guilt and remorse, and you don't want to talk to anybody about it. Because when you're going through a divorce, like, you got to open the books up, right? And Mm. everything's out and exposed. Yeah. Um, So I help people kind of, first of all, shift their mindset this is now becoming a business transaction. You mm. are no longer fighting the fight. You've come to the point in your marriage where the fight is over. So now we got to look at this person that we're sitting across the table from as like a business transaction that we're going through. And so we got to remove those emotions so that we can make logical decisions that are going to be best for our kiddos and for ourselves moving forward. Um, And who else do we need to invite to the table to have that conversation with us so that we're educated before we are signing any decrees? Mm -hmm. Because once you sign that decree, then you have to execute on it, right? Mm -hmm. And if you don't know things ahead of time, I'll give you an example. Um, For myself, I wanted to keep the marital home. That was my kids' homes. That's what they were familiar with. We just moved. I wanted to stay in the school district. Like... I wanted to keep the home because I didn't want the control to go to, you know, my husband. Like, well, then he might move out and then I don't have that control. So it was an emotional tie to an asset. I didn't consult other people. My lawyer advised me on the law, which is what he was supposed to do, right? And I won. Well, I had just switched careers and I went from a W-2 to an entrepreneur, And I was commission-based only. I don't know if you've applied for a mortgage lately, but you have to have proof. Mm -hmm. And when you're an entrepreneur, you need two years. So I did not have that. So I did not even qualify to uh, to own the home myself. And I had six months to refinance the house in my own name Mm -hmm. because I had to get him off the mortgage. And so I should have talked to a lender prior to having that big ask, right? Um, but my, my lawyer did not advise me to go talk to a lender because that's not his role. Right. He's there to advocate for me and tell me what my um, legal rights are. 
not what makes sense (laughs) in my like portfolio or whatever. Um, so thankfully my parents were able to sign, co-sign with me and I was able to get the home refinanced and were, you know, everything worked out, but not everybody has those resources available to them. Mm-hmm. So if somebody would have come along and said, yes, we won the house, but no, you don't qualify to get it refinanced, then they're up against having to sell the home. Wow. And even selling a home costs money. So like, it's like you have to have all the details in front of you so that you can make the best decisions. And sometimes we don't want to face those decisions, right? Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's really hard. I often think when you're in the middle of a situation, it's like your nose is to the mirror, And so you can't see Mm -hmm. like the big picture or the back of your hair, you know, Mm -hmm. and to be able to have someone that's pulled away Mm -hmm. from the situation to think through, you weren't thinking about a mortgage. You were just like, I want this home Mm -hmm. for me and my babies. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's super good. What did you say? A thought partner? A thinking partner. A thinking partner. Mm -hmm. I love that. Mm -hmm. Pam, sometimes you're my thinking partner. Okay, good. (laughs) (laughs) I can help you in any way you need it. We all need need it, Mel. I'm kidding. We all need it. I do need it. We all need it. You know what? I just want to ask, just on on just a side note, uh, Stephanie, um, you know, you help so much with the legal and you need to do this and you need to do that. And yet these moms are going through, at least we did initially, there's so many. Uh, up and down emotions that you don't know. You don't know sometimes what you're doing or how to think. And of course, mm-hmm. you're helping them think. But what do you have to say to these moms that are listening today that are on this emotional roller coaster mm-hmm. about the stages that they're in? Mm-hmm. You know, that the, you go through the different stages mm-hmm. just to encourage them. Just a minute before we ask a few more questions about being a life coach, mm-hmm. can you give them some encouragement in what kind of stages they may pass through? Because they will certainly identify with some of these mm-hmm. stages you're talking about. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that you, like, you just got to feel all the feels. Mm-hmm. You can't stuff them you got to let them out. Um, one thing that I don't feel like I did was let the anger out. Because mm-hmm. I felt like I wasn't allowed to be angry at my situation. Um, I took on a lot of responsibility for my divorce. And yes, it is important for you to look at your role because it takes two, right? Look at your role in the divorce, but don't take on too much. And you have to have grace for yourself in all the emotions that you're going to feel in that roller coaster. Because one minute you're feeling, I'm on top of the world. I don't need you. I can figure this out on my own. Mm -hmm. And then the next minute you're like, I can't get out of bed. I don't know what I'm going to do. My life is over and it's never going to be good again. Mm -hmm. So all of those feelings are normal. And I want you to know that you are normal if you are feeling those things. Mm. Um, I want you to also understand that what you're going through is a major mourning process that will hit you in the face years to come. And I know that sounds like a lot and that sounds maybe a little harsh, but if you can accept that this is a mourning cycle and get really familiar with how you mourn, because I believe all of us mourn differently and understand that you have layers that you're mourning in this divorce. It's not just the marriage that you're mourning. You had dreams and hopes from your family. Mm-hmm. And each time a new season comes with a graduation or a wedding or a big season in your kid's life, driving, I mean, there 
all those little things, there will be opportunities for you to mourn that. And if you can get an idea of how you can best handle that season or that time or that moment or that place when it shocks you Mm -hmm. and just recognize it for what it is and have a support system and tools in your belt to help you get through that and push on because you just have to keep going. I appreciate you acknowledging that this isn't just like a blip in the radar, Mm -hmm. that if you actually do finalize this divorce, that this is now your life, not, Mm -hmm. not the hectic pain. I mean, that will weave in and out, but that we have to get good at this Mm -hmm. and that there are tools and there are people. And I'm going to plug you, Pam, because you wrote a book called the single mom and her roller coaster emotions. Mm -hmm. And we need to be, reading and surrounding ourselves mm-hmm. with people like you, Stephanie, that can help us navigate mm-hmm. this new life. Yeah. Because that's what it is. Absolutely. Well, you know, and I want to say too, that you talked about grieving. You have to give yourself permission to grieve. Mm-hmm. And um, this is part of the healing process. And some of the stages, I don't know about you, but, but you know, it may be shock at first, mm-hmm. and then you just go into denial. You just mm-hmm. can't believe it's happening to you, and then you could go into depression for a little while. But moms, I just want to encourage you that as you press into the Lord and just ask Him to get in your roller coaster seat with you as you go up the ups mm-hmm. and downs and ups and downs, you will eventually, and I think Stephanie said this, eventually come to acceptance. Mm-hmm. Okay, I accept this. And then eventually you come to that stage, the last stage, which is rebuilding. And you start thinking, how can I rebuild? And I don't know where you are in the different stages, but we are here today to tell you there is hope. You know, my divorce was three decades ago, and I'm still, there's still things that come up with Mm -hmm. that because your children, because Mm -hmm. of your children's natural father, original father. So, Um, just know that there is help, there is hope, there is healing to come, but we can certainly come alongside your, Mm. wherever you are in the process at this moment. Yeah, I would definitely say don't go at it alone. Mm -hmm. Do not try to figure it out on your own. Yes. You need a community. You need people that can speak in and hold your arms up and do not be afraid to ask for help. Um, I think sometimes people don't know what to say. So have a list. Every time something comes up, like put a little note in your phone and like when something is a struggle, write it down mm-hmm. as something that somebody could help you with when they ask, how can I help you? Yes. Mel, what was one of the first things you did to help yourself oh. work through? I mean, if you can just <laughs> say one thing, you know, and Stephanie, I want to ask you that too. Mm-hmm. What was one thing you, the Lord led you to do? At the very onset that looking back, it helped pull you through. What would you say now? So I'm glad you asked this because I was going to kind of ask a question, but now I think I might accidentally answer it. Um, When I, Stephanie, when I was going through my divorce, I had a seven-week-old and a six-year-old. And I look back now and I'm really thankful that I had that seven-week-old because I was a zombie. Mm -hmm. You know, he, I was so focused on keeping this child alive with my body, mm-hmm. you know, and we weren't sleeping. And then my seven-year-old, I had to move, I think, no, he was six. I had to move him to a new, um, kindergarten, a new school. It was just absolutely horrific, mm-hmm. but I was not 
rested enough, mm-hmm. I think, to actually understand everything. Um, so what I will say, Pam, is, and this took me a little bit. I'm not going to say how long. But my boys eventually started leaving every other weekend to go stay um, at their dad's. And at first, that was the worst time of my mm-hmm. life. And I had this moment. I will never forget. I can tell you where I was sitting, where at in this coffee shop. And I sat there for five and a half hours. And for Mel to sit somewhere for five and a half hours (laughs) is a really big deal. And I was listening to, I'm not trying to super spiritualize this, but I was listening to this worship music and I was trying to read. I had a book, a practical book, and I had scripture. And I just sat there and I had the coffee that I wanted. And it was a beautiful day. And the Lord really showed me when you talked about having a safe space, Mm -hmm. I didn't have a safe space until they were gone. I know that sounds dramatic, Mm -hmm. but when you have an infant Mm -hmm. and a kindergartner, what is safe? (laughs) Nothing. Mm -hmm. I, and still to this day, am really adamant about being thankful about those weekends that I have free child care. Uh, some of my married friends are super jealous mm-hmm. uh, when my kids go somewhere <laughs> with their other parent. And I just, for me, Pam, it was thanking the Lord for that space that I could sit at a coffee shop mm-hmm. for five hours or I could not, or I could sleep in. And instead of just mulling and wondering, what are they doing? And this mm-hmm. isn't fair because it's not fair. It was never supposed to be that way. Right. I used those times away from my boys for me, for you, mm-hmm. just for me to do things that only I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't sit around thinking, I mean, I thought about them and I missed them, but you get really good at missing mm-hmm. people, you know, when mm-hmm. your kids have to leave for the weekend. Mm-hmm. I talk, I talk about this all the time with people that it's really hard for me to miss like other people. You know, because going 45 days in the summer without your kids, mm-hmm. it teaches you mm-hmm. a new level capacity mm-hmm. of, of missing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really took those moments okay. and I I gave, I think I've set them before the Lord and before myself. And what what are we going to do this weekend? Yes. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. What we're not going to do is stay in bed all weekend mm-hmm. feeling sorry for ourselves. Yes. wondering what our boys are doing. Mm -hmm. How about you? That's good. How about you, Stephanie? I think forgiving myself and giving myself grace. Okay. How'd you Um, do that? Oh, (laughs) (laughs) tell us more. Um, (laughs) I may still be working on it (laughs) because there's always something that I'm either self-afflicting pressure on myself or Satan's doing a really good job of telling me how I'm failing as a single mom. Hmm. I mean, I, I may or may not have been cussing at him on the way here today. Yeah. Because, you know, we get it, it just gets too much, yeah, right? Absolutely. And you're like, go, leave me alone, go somewhere else. And so I think like with the whole divorce situation, what I didn't do well, to kind of flip the, the question on you, is overthinking and replaying, I should have done this, I should have done that, I didn't do this, you know, like just any kind of scenario I could have, yeah. I was over like... That was what was in my head. I was in my head so much. And now, you know, like like you said, I don't really want to say how long it took me mm-hmm, <laughs> to get yeah. to this point. But the whole capture my thoughts and taking my thoughts before the Lord. And not only doing it silently, but doing it out loud and praying the scripture out loud mm-hmm. and talking to God out loud 
that was just way more powerful for me in my experience is when I embraced that practice and like, I mean, capture my thought as soon as it comes into my head. Yes. And not like let it have the opportunity to grow and fester. Yes. Like ladies, you have to capture the thought because that's where Satan comes and he attacks us Mm -hmm. so much. And especially as single moms that you've gone through what, like, Nobody gets married planning to be divorced. Mm -hmm. And so this was not your plan. This is not your dream for yourself or your kids. And um, he does a, Satan does a really good job of tearing us down and keeping us in this like mind funk of this cycle that just, just keeps feeding if we don't take and capture our thoughts and take them before the Lord like immediately. Exactly. And I do love that taking your thoughts captive because moms, I want to encourage you today that, that you need to know that as you bring the Lord into your space, you bring him into your thoughts, you bring him into your space Mm -hmm. and you give it to him and trust him the best you know how. I want you to be encouraged today that the outcome of all this is in his hands. Mm-hmm. And so if it's in his hands and you're doing all you can to open up space to bring his truth, his you know whether you need to forgive yourself, whether you need to forgive somebody else, whether you need to work on forgiving somebody else or whatever, when you bring him into your space and say, help me, Jesus, mm-hmm. and you just say that over and over, then you will start seeing that there is a a presence that enables you and helps you. And I did that through journaling. Mm -hmm. I wrote in a journal and talked to God every day. Some days I was ripping the paper with my pen (laughs) because I was so angry. And other days he was feeding back to me and I was writing it down. Well, today those journals serve as a monumental reminder to me how God worked through all those motions. And so moms, you're not alone, but you, there are things you can do to to help yourself through it. So I want to get back to Stephanie because she's our expert here. <laughs> so we got on a little sidetrack. But so back to the divorce coach, Stephanie, what does it look like to hire a divorce coach? Um, so it looks a lot like when you would be hiring any other consultant. Um, I have packages and then I also have like where you can work one-on-one with me, but it's really client focus. No divorce is the same. Um, they all take different paths. They take different, you know, uh, how long it takes to get the divorce done. It's like, they're all so very unique. And so I always appreciate when the client comes to me with whatever they're feeling is the most challenging or what feels the most, um, heavy on their heart and soul. And if they can bring that to me, then that's a good starting point for us to work through that session. Um, and then if they're like, if we can get that cleared up and that, and we still have time left, then we're like, okay, what's the next step in our divorce process? So it's not like I have something that's like, okay, this is step one, this is step two, this is step three, because it's kind of all over the place. Um, you can think that you're close to settlement and then all this, right. <laughs> you know, something changes and then like we're back to the drawing board. So um, it really is client focused. Um, Do you work with people virtually? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. so we can put your information. We'll mm-hmm. put uh, Stephanie's information in the show notes, mm-hmm. and if you can't, then you can direct them to the right yeah. people. Yeah. Okay, that's mm-hmm. awesome. Mm-hmm. What is, I, you know, I think every counselor and leader and, like, coach has this, like, 
one thing that they mm-hmm. can say to every person that mm-hmm. is just gold. Mm-hmm. Can we for free get that of (laughs) yours? Like, what is your, you know, this, like, here's the, I think the best advice I can give somebody Mm. going through a divorce. Hmm. Well, I think one of the things I've already said is don't do it alone. Yeah. Like, just don't do it alone. uh, There are so many people that are out there that have gone through it before. And I I mean, I guess from a coaching standpoint, like, let your family and friends be your family and friends. Mm -hmm. And then seek out the right professionals that can educate you on what your options are. Because maybe your mom or your dad went through a divorce 20 years ago (laughs) and they want to tell you what to do or how theirs went or, you know, you got a best friend that just went through it last year. But even that, like their situation is going to be so different than what your situation is, Mm -hmm. um, that it really takes a unique perspective on what exactly your situation looks like, but not only what your situation looks like, but what do you want your divorce legacy to be is going to be different than what their divorce legacy was. And you do have the opportunity to determine what that's going to be. Mm -hmm. How are you going to look back on your divorce in five or 10 years and be proud of how you handled that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good. Be proud. Your kids look at, you know, mom and say, mom, I know that was a hard time. They might not say this until their 30s, whatever. But. <laughs> yeah. well, I'm still holding on for this yeah. moment. Um, but I see what you did. I see how you showed up. Yeah. And so if you can make decisions while you're going through your divorce process with the 10-year mark <laughs> ahead of time in mind, then you're going to feel so proud of yourself for what you were able to accomplish and how you were able to handle a very, very difficult season mm-hmm. in your life. And that will be handed down for the next Uh generation because your kids are watching you. Mm -hmm. That's really good. I remember thinking, we've talked about this a lot, Pam, that I didn't need to make him a good dad or a bad dad. I wanted to allow him to do that on his own Mm -hmm. because I had this picture of my boys and I when they were grown and me not having this regret for the way I handled Mm -hmm. their relationship Mm -hmm. with their dad. I have other regrets of like in the house yelling and those sort of things. Mm -hmm. But in that, I was really adamant about, I'm not going to regret this for the rest of my Mm -hmm. life. We're going to grow up and we are going to grow up Mm -hmm. all of us Mm -hmm. together. Mm -hmm. And I just want to not lose my integrity or my character in this moment. And so that, that is really, really good advice. I, you, you said, don't do this alone. So I want to maybe ask both of you real quick and, or maybe just Pam and Stephanie, if you have some, I have a friend who went through a divorce recently and she was in a really toxic relationship. So she did not have friends or family. Mm-hmm. Uh, the person she was married to had really severed all of that. So she found herself in a situation where if you said to her, don't do this alone, she would have absolutely no idea what to do with them. Mm-hmm. Where, where do, where does someone like that find community, Pam? And she didn't have, to be fair, she didn't really have a great family. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, well, this is an interesting question because we have moms listening from all over the world. And so I'm thinking about the moms in Africa. I'm thinking about the moms here where we live. And, you know, I know this sounds so spiritual, but God sees you. God wants you whole and healthy and healed, and he's in the process of taking you through that. And you have to ask him, 
God, where can I find safe people to come alongside me? It might, and he will do it. He will lead you maybe to a church if you, it may be there. It may be a neighbor. It may be somebody that comes across your path. But I believe that God is in the process of wanting to heal your emotions and heal you. So you have to ask. And, you know, if you lived here in this town, I would tell you some specific maybe you know, uh, small groups to be a part of here or some of the small groups that we have to get connected with. But but I would say, you know, you're not alone and, and you're not without direction, but sometimes you just need that divine leadership to show you where it is. And I want to say, too, to Stephanie, you mentioned things not to do. I just remember a friend told me going through it, and she was very smart, and I didn't realize it, but one day she said, Pam, quit living like a victim. Mm. And it just shocked me because I didn't think I was, but I was. And, you know, I I just wanted to throw that out there as well, that mm. that might be something you need to consider. Just say, Lord, heal me. What do, Show me how I can improve myself because I want my children to see it. But ultimately, moms, years from now, because I'm, I'm ahead of these two girls here, and when they were talking about someday their children, well, I can say, my children are now married and have their own kids. So I can say that looking back, God allowed me to go through that and make some positive decisions that now they do see. So you're right, Stephanie, they will someday see, but you will certainly need help along the way. And I want to mention a book. Thank you for mentioning my book, The Single Mom and a Roller Coaster Emotions, where I talked about going from depression to, to, you know, to hope in Christ, going from this to that. That's a good resource for you if you're an emotional roller coaster. But another one that is my favorite book ever, on divorce, and there's tons out there. I've read a lot of them, but my favorite is Dr. Talley's book, Life After Divorce. He gives you information in that that I have found nowhere else on why is my brain so mushy and I can't even think mm-hmm. straight? And somebody says, take a Bible study. No, don't do that. Your brain is mush right now. You can't take in, that in. But it's so practical. Mm-hmm. Life after divorce by Dr. Talley is a great resource. So I wanted to say that. Thank you, Pam. Yeah. Stephanie, to close, what is, I kind of asked you this, but it's not the same. Okay. Mm-hmm. This is specifically for our listeners and, and they could be in the middle after, you know, wherever. Um, what is one final thing you would like to say to our single moms listening? Um, take divorce and your healing journey as a holistic approach mm-hmm. because it will affect you. You're going through a trauma. Divorce is trauma. And so you need to look at it like that. You need to treat it like that. And you need to look at your being and say, okay, where am I feeling off? Am I feeling a new pain? You know, the brain fog is a real thing, friends. (laughs) You need to make sure that you're taking care of yourself holistically. And um, I know that is hard to find space to do all of those things. But um, it, it does. It affects your whole being. And so um, I think that would probably be the last thing that I would I mean, that's recommend. good. I think you're just giving us all permission mm-hmm. to accept that, that mm-hmm. it does affect mm-hmm. all parts of us and that it is trauma. Mm-hmm. It is. Well, moms, in closing, I want to say that you have come to this podcast, um, all of your different stages, 
But for the rest of your life, for the rest of my life and Mel's life and Stephanie's life, we are going to need comfort. We're just going to need comfort in life situations, whether they just graduated from high school or they got married or who knows. We are going to forever, all of us, need comfort mm-hmm. that we're humans. And that's just because we live in a world that constantly, with there's tribulation, we're going to need comfort. But the good news is two things. First of all, Arise Single Moms is here so that we can comfort you. We know how to do that. Please take advantage of our resources and let us do that. Um, but the second thing, and this is a beautiful thing, 2 Corinthians 1, 3 through 4, is a beautiful promise. It says, Blessed be God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of all mercies, and the God of all comfort. Say all. Wherever you are, in the car, at home, say the word all. The God of all comfort in whatever situation you're in, all comfort who comforts us in our tribulation. Are you be troubled today? Do you feel downcast? He wants to comfort you in your tribulation, but you got to ask him to come into it. And it says that we may be able then, and that's where we are to rise, that we may be able then, once he's comforted us and taught us, we may be able to turn around and comfort you. And so this comfort today has come through some hard roads that Stephanie's been through and Mel's been through and I've been through because we know it's real. We know there's hope. And wherever you are today, I hope you will leave this podcast knowing that one day you will pass through this stage and you will be a comfort to somebody else. And you will discover that he who refreshes others refreshes himself. And so as we close today, may you be comforted. And as Romans 15, 13 says, it is our prayer for you today. May the God of hope fill you today with joy and peace as you trust in Him.